Comrades, it's Lieutenant Dubovich. For many, many years now, I have not reached out to you. But when last we spoke, I was in the Red Barricades in Pavlov's house. But thanks to your wonderful podcast, we were able to defeat the Germans. And now we are on the gates of Berlin itself. Victory is in our hands. So we look forward to a one final podcast, the 300. And it will send us into the ruins of the Reich's Chancellery. And we will have victory once more over the Germans. Until then, comrades, thank you and good night. everybody hello are you there come in please we are here this is dr zarkov calling knocking on this computer screen for those listening on podcast only we're back for another exciting episode this is jeff and dave we're back for another exciting episode of the two half squads the one and only podcast dedicated to the greatest game in the world it's official advanced squad leader that's right it is the greatest game in the world and it is official. It's been announced. It's been uh, verified by yeah. I think it's a the ASL players the world over. Galaxy board game championships. Yeah, intergalactic. All of the ASL players got together and decided it's the greatest game of the world. And if if you want to say it isn't, boy, you're in trouble. You'll have to fight us. Yeah, <laughs> which should go very well for you. It could get ugly. We because we start off for ugly. Us. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So it's good to see you, Dave. Good to see you, Jeff. Here we are back in the broadcast foxhole, our fourth time in a row or something. Fourth I time? I don't know. I lose oh, count. Starting this out? Yeah, well, getting back in the, the broadcast foxhole oh, yes. after a long hiatus. <clears throat> something like that. But this is 299. Yeah. Next yeah. one up is the big 300. Really? Comes after 299. I, uh, wow. See, I, I left school at 299. I never got to 300. I never took any 300 classes in oh, college. Oh, level or, classes. Yeah. I was thinking $2.99, and yeah. then I was having trouble jumping to the 300. I'm just kind of speaking at random. I think maybe the, the fever. It's it's affecting you. That the, I got the ear <laughs> the earwig. So what's going on, Dave? What's going on with you? Well, I had my first tooth pulled. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can kind yeah. of. We don't need to see that, though. And it was, <laughs> I know a lot of you guys out there listening and ladies have had teeth. Have you had a tooth pulled, Jeff? I have never had a tooth pulled. Oh, knock on uh, some surface. <laughs> on wood. <laughs> um, knock on. <clears throat> yeah, I had that little tooth pain a while back, but it wasn't even severe. Well, it was for that one day. And then like months later, a little more and then nothing and I went into the dentist. I thought I was going to get a cap put on it, maybe because the filling was coming out. And, oh, and 
instead they said, well, we want to look under this other filling because this tooth has two fillings and they're deep. So they looked under there and it was a crack going all the way through the tooth. Oh, so they said, we're, we're going to have to pull this tooth. And the other dentist came in, the head dentist and said, oh, hey, Dave, you know, it's a new dentist for us. Nice to meet you. And I can't believe you didn't have, you don't have pain in this tooth. <laughs> he said, well, it came and went or comes and goes and well, we're going to have to pull it. So, you know, how about one o'clock today? I'm like, oh, uh, yeah. okay. <laughs> we'll get a pull it at one o'clock today. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was just like stunned. Yeah. I'm like, do you get a second opinion? What are you supposed to do? How can someone just say, your tooth is bad and then pull it like out of your head. Yeah. I, how can this be true? It doesn't seem fair or it doesn't seem right. Yeah, it doesn't. So like an idiot, I came back at one o'clock. <laughs> and then what happened? They pulled my tooth out of my head. They pulled it. Right out of the head. I was still, this is new for me. And if it's a new thing, I know you, a lot of you guys at home are like, I had six teeth pulled yeah. over my lifetime. Yeah. And, don't be a sissy. <laughs> but I'm like, oh my gosh, there's a hole now. And I went over and with Jeff and Mike. I think that was that day, right? I, I showed up with this yeah. stuff stuck in there and we watched yeah. Mando Day. And <laughs> was like, you kept well, saying, you kept saying it. Was I supposed to get a second opinion? Yeah. You know, there is no, I don't know how you do that. I, I don't know how you get an advocate that you there ought to be somebody you can call like the doctor said he wants to take my left leg off and <laughs> should i get a second opinion yeah. or how much time do i have for this yeah but right and then i went to the um teacher retirement party and the graduation party <laughs> and suddenly were you walking around like this hey. well yeah i was saying to people wow i just hit a tooth pull like yeah. like a, a few days ago it's so weird and then people are like oh yeah i'm this is this yeah. one down here on this one this one over here and it was kind of surprising how many people are missing a bunch of teeth and then i was even with my sister last night and she's all four gone in the front i didn't even realize it. that's why that. there's there's more dentist office than nail salons there it's, it's a booming business there probably are aren't yeah there? There are, there are a lot. There's a lot of them. So anyway, I celebrate my good teeth health up until this point in my life. Yeah. And just, and you're next, Jeff. You're next. They're well, coming for you. <laughs> They're coming for your incisors. Coincidentally, I went to the dentist because uh, I was having some yeah, you did. pain with hot and cold. And uh, she looked at it, new dentist for me. It was Mike Rizzi's dentist. And she looked at it and, and it was cracked all the way down but the tooth was okay. So she did a root canal. She oh, said, you need right. a root canal, come back next week. Got a root canal and then put a temporary crown and then put the permanent crown on it. It's fantastic. And that <laughs> and was that your first root canal? That was my first root canal and it wasn't bad. It really wasn't. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they say, you, you hear about it. That's worse yeah. than a root canal, but you know, they have, it's modern medicine. So they, they put it, they numb it and she just went in there and numbed it and did the work. And Can you show us on the YouTube? No. It's in the back. Is it a pride issue or? It is. <laughs> it is. But um, <clears throat> yeah, it wasn't bad at all. 
So next time somebody says, you know, if you want to talk about some bad pain, you're going to have to come up with something worse than a root canal. But I don't know what that is. Box cars when you're uh, when you got your machine gun and a, and a big stack. Yeah, going. I don't know. Anyway, you look fantastic. Thank you. I'm wearing my yeah. new shirt from Feed My Starving Children. Everyone go volunteer. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, go volunteer. Advertising, box up some food, get it around the planet. Yeah. And um, yeah, Jeff and I were talking about staying busy. Yeah. Like we got a show. What, what are we doing we today show. for the show, Dave? Well, Dave's got, the, Dave's got the agenda. We are. We got a, quite a lot of letters, so maybe let's get going unless you have an interesting story from your recent month too just my root mice. canal how are the mice the mice are still uh I don't, I don't know how they are well i caught one over there the other day you did yes in the primary location okay <laughs> yeah that is i've got primary. a secondary you plug, trap set up oh you, here okay because you plug the hole yeah i plugged the hole and then i got a, a box with a trap in it okay with a very tasty morsel Oh, I was a mouse. I'd be all like, tasty all more so of what though? Uh, walnut. They love walnuts. Okay. Peanut butter. I don't mean to generalize. I, it's, I don't want to speak for all mice, <laughs> but they love walnuts. I, can, I think I can say that safely. I know peanut butter works well. You know, and it's kind of weird. I kill mice in the house and then outside I'm trying to feed the squirrels. I'm trying to get the squirrels to take peanuts right from my hand. <laughs> They're not quite, and chipmunks, they're not quite doing it yet because my wife and I sit out for coffee every morning. And so I sit there with peanuts. They won't come up that close. They don't come that close yet. They probably They're not will. hungry enough. Yeah, they might soon. I, now yeah. I got my squirrels to come down the stairs. I put a trail of peanuts and <laughs> was hoping they would attack what? the mice. Yeah, I wanted the squirrels to kill the mice, but... They didn't kill. Is me. that a thing? And then I, yeah, I read it on on the internet. And then I, I couldn't get, I couldn't get rid of the. It must be true. So I had to lure down the local raccoons. The, yeah. <laughs> wow. It was an old lady who swallowed a fly. Yes, that's right. Oh. I don't know why. <laughs> I guess she'll die, which is sad yeah we used to kind of try and chase our squirrels away well they were eating the wooden railing so i put the hot sauce on it uh yeah does that sriracha. work yeah it, it seems to have worked unless they're, they found something else to go chew on they're eating our railing too in several spots take some sriracha sauce i put it on straight but you can mix it with water a little and then it'll soak in a little bit to the wood <laughs> try it i'll try it all right Shall we go to letters? The stuff we do. We Let's do, do have a full show. And we have sword and flame. Boy, there's so much going on. Okay. Sorry we took so long with this. With this banter. You mean the old one or the Aaron one? Aaron. Or Adam. Oh, Adam, right. I always get their names mixed up. Time for letters. Time for letters. 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 It's time for letters letters boys and girls all the letters of the alphabet all of them the greek alphabet too thank alpha, you adam beta, for gamma, that delta epsilon zeta eta theta oda kappa lambda mu nu xi omicron pi rho sigma tau upsilon phi chi psi omega sir wow that's very good i only know alpha and beta 
And Gamma. That's because you are not in a fraternity. All right, let's go. I can't get the zoom oh. off my screen. There it is. Okay. Oh, it looks like I have the first comment letters. Thanks to Jay Fuente, Jimmy Dreisler, Mikhail Wester, and Lead in Cardboard for subscribing to us on YouTube. Thank you, gents and ladies. And a lot of you have been saying, hey, what about that contest I entered three months ago? Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to remember to do the drawing tonight for both the contests. They were such good prizes, we decided to keep them ourselves. <laughs> so that's what happened. I got a letter here from Scott Mullins, otherwise known as Grumble Jones. There will always be people who want to edit the content creation of others. <clears throat> Ignore them and keep doing the excellent work that you do. I'm a fan regardless of whether I like or dislike anything covered by your show. I guess that's a compliment. Yes, coming back from um, the oh. readers who had said, yeah, I don't like that portion of the show. Oh, right, okay. Or that wasn't an ASL product all that's the way right. through and through, which was legitimate. We have yeah. addressed it before, but this is just Scott chiming in. Yeah. So He says, talk about what interests or inspires you to keep going, to keep doing your awesome podcast. I'll always be there to enjoy it. Well, that's really super nice of you to say that, Scott. And then I... I hope you'll indulge us as we continue to talk about teeth and, and rodents. <laughs> and rodent teeth. Dental health and rodentia <laughs> nervosa. Well, we got an email from our friend Dennis, who said when we were talking about our teeth last time, no, our cardiologist, what was, I forget, but he said he thought for sure we were going to say angioplasty was our cardiologist. Yeah. Yeah, angiogram. Well, I said angiogram because I had an angiogram. Oh, that's what we yeah. were talking about. That's right. And speaking of Dennis. Yes, Dennis. It's Dennis's birthday coming up on July 4th. Whoop, whoop. So Dennis, happy, happy birthday. Happy birthday to you, Dennis Donovan. Keep those great song lyrics coming. You are uh, one of our longest, biggest fans and because of that, I wrote a limerick. I took about 60, I haven't written a limerick since fifth grade, but I took about 60 seconds and wrote a limerick today. You did. I did. Literally, I, I probably spent, honestly, three minutes. And it sounds like it too, because this is horrible. <clears throat> well, give it a go. And I want to clarify for Dennis, you don't have to keep writing the song lyrics to have no. us appreciate you as a yes. friend. Yes, yes. That's true. Well said. Okay, a limerick for Dennis on your birthday. A Renaissance player named Dennis was known as an ASL menace. As a master of dyes, he rolls more snake eyes than there are snakes in the canals of Venice. That's a great one. I tried to write it without the word menace, you know, because Dennis and menace. Oh, that's kind of obvious, but yeah. Uh, but like I said, I spent three minutes on it. Probably if I spent three more minutes, it would have been actually good. I think it works well. So happy birthday, Dennis. I hope you have many, 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 many more. Happy birthday to you. Yeah. And I got an email here from Roger Brandon, who says, the two of you should get together to watch Audie Murphy's movie, To Hell and Back. Can we say hell on this show, Dave? We can. Okay. 
it's kind of unique having a guy portray himself in the movie of his heroism. And at 30, he was still able to portray himself at 18. I seem to remember that he actually toned things down a bit because he felt all his actions would seem too unbelievable. Anyway, you could see him in his action with the tank's 50 caliber AA gun, which was amazing. It even has Eisenhower's chief of staff, General Smith, narrate part of the movie. I think you'd enjoy it, even if it is nearly 70 years old. And surprisingly, we have scheduled just such an event. Yes, it's coming up within a couple of weeks. Yep, Yeah, uh, on a Tuesday afternoon. We're going to watch it and then we'll report back on that. So thanks, Roger, for that recommendation. Indeed. I have a letter from Charles Giannone. <laughs> Giannone, Giannone, who says, guys, I have to correct you on one aspect of your podcast. Oh. His name, who we were referring supposed to, supposedly referring to, was Jim Dunnigan, not John Dunnigan. He was a prolific game designer who oh, sold yes. a couple of his a- games to Avalon Hill. They are 1914, which was the first war game that I, says Charles, purchased way back in 1967 when I was 12. Mm. I found it to be very complicated, especially since my copy was missing the combat's results table. <laughs> that would be confusing. Maybe. <laughs> Another game he sold to Avalon Hill, which was very popular in the 70s, was ushered into golden age of wargaming, was Panzer Blitz. Ah. Jim Dunnigan was president of Simulation Publications at this time. He produced a monthly magazine, which is still in existence, called Strategy and Tactics. I do remember that, too. Sure. He, I didn't buy it, but I do, I saw it at the hobby shop. In the 60s, he was lucky to see just one or two games produced a year. Well, with the publication of Strategy, Oh, one was would be lucky to see one or two games a year. And with the publication of strategy, you got a game every month in the magazine. Now, whether good game or bad game, you could depend on who's producing the game a month and at least 12 games a year. So, but it was truly the golden age of war gaming then. Jim Dunnigan, he was also a strategy consultant for the government and wars such as the Persian Gulf, Persian Gulf, et cetera. A true genius. So thank you for clarifying for us, Charles. Yes, Jim Dunnigan. I do I do recognize the name. Uh, let's see. Got feedback on the Rex Martin interview mm-hmm. from RB. Great interview. I'm not a regular listener, but I got a tip that you were interviewing Rex. As you noted, it would have been nice if it could have been longer. Maybe you can do a part two down the road sometime. I hope you can also get Mac, Charlie, Don. Do these guys keep in touch? Uh, Mac is a no currently um charlie we did yes we did and don greenwood is a is a no for the moment yes but we're going to keep producing episodes until those guys get on Mm -hmm. he goes rb goes on to say how did they handle the he curious you know if they still play asl and how did they handle the play test process at avalon hill any thoughts on what's become of the hobby in the last 25 years there's certainly a lot of topics that might be explored and rb you are absolutely right there's we had tons of questions for both Charlie questions. Yep. and for Rex. Yeah, for Rex. So uh, yeah, we definitely would like to do a second, a, a follow-up interview with Rex. He was really fun to interview. And Lance Mann chimed in to agree, saying a most excellent interview. I started with Africa Corps also, was one of the 21,000 subscribers to the general for years. Great job. And thank you for bringing 
Rex into our podcast. And ja Jackson Kwan had asked a question about the creative team on Gavutu Tanambogo. Probably lots of you did at home. And the next letter, Jeff, has yeah. the response. So Rex checked in to clarify about uh, Gavutu Tanamboko, saying, Dolan did indeed write the article and the first rough draft of a campaign game. He had indicated that he wanted to do something meaty to hype the new modules featuring the Japanese and the Marines, hence the desire for a reasonably sized Pacific Island invasion scenario. Suggestions bounced around as to what might be possible. Not sure exactly who was responsible for this particular approach, but we all agreed that Gavutu operation was doable. Initially, it was contemplated as a uh, historical ASL module, but that wasn't going to happen, as Dan explained in his article. And so we all set to work on it, Charlie on the maps, me on the scenarios, Dan on rules and such. And so the only tactical level operation of an island invasion. Yep, I played all, I thought it came in three parts and maybe it did have a campaign game. Did they say that in there? But I just did the three scenarios with yeah. Jim McDermott back in the day. I played one of them, but I can't remember with who or when when exactly that was. Yeah, they were so cool. The little yeah. island overlays. Yeah, really fun. And thanks to Anders Bjornberg for subscribing to us and Patreon and to all our Patreon supporters. Uh, Michael DeRoche wrote us and he said, Getting a reply, he's referring to our interview with Rex Martin. Getting a reply, reply letter from Mr. Martin when I was the tender age of 20 seemed like a monumental event in my life back in 1989. I kind of miss the days of limited access to our heroes. Boy, he's right about that. When yep. I read that, I thought he, he is so right about that. I miss those days too. Yeah, I wrote a letter to Frank Sinatra. I got one back too. Did you? My brother faked it and sent it back. Oh, still, that's <laughs> exciting. It's still, as long as it floats your boat, you get excited. Anders Bjornberg said, thank you for the fun and interesting podcast. I'm very new ASL player, even though I'm in my 40s. That's young, my friend. And he's from Sweden and has recently fallen in love with the game. I have only dipped my toes in the game as I'm still playing Starter Kit 1. Beyond Valor is in the mail on its way though keep up the great podcast congratulations anders and welcome to the fold that's a jeff slogan welcome to the fold the i fold. just stole it Use yeah it all the time bt yunkins wrote and he says dear guys that way i don't have to debate which of you to name first i wanted to thank you for another series of great shows i know you'll be doing something special for the upcoming 300th episode don't hold your breath though yeah really <laughs> Yeah. Uh, in one of your recent episodes, you mentioned running out of folks to interview. I would suggest going back to some of the previous interviews, if only to ask for updates on projects referred to in those interviews. I know you've discussed that there's an issue with interviewing some of the French scenario designers. Actually, we've kind of worked that out. We're going to have a little surprise coming up. Yeah. Perhaps there's a way to work around that. Yes. Okay. I'd especially like to hear from Philippe Nod. Uh, he's done a number of designs for LFT and uh, Via Victus magazine. His scenarios in Via Victus are frequently of unusual situations, and I think ASL needs more of those. Of course, there are a bunch of new products coming out to review. As to other potential topics, I don't know if you've explored fully the various rules for the Forgotten War scenarios 
And I don't remember that you've done an episode on prisoner rules. We're working on that too. You, this guy must be uh, uh, clairvoyant because he knows what's coming up. <laughs> or we respond to our listeners' letters sometimes. Yes, we do. Uh, he goes on to say, I also suggest a contest, even if it's without a prize, to ask listeners how the game could be made more complicated. For example, <laughs> I've often wondered if I can move during the movement phase and fire during the advanced fire phase. Oh, if I can move during the movement phase and fire during the advanced fire phase, why can't I fire at half firepower during the prep fire phase and then move during the movement phase? Of course, there can probably be many combinations and permutations along those lines. But anyway, keep up the good work. Boy, it was a great letter. And yeah. um, we're trying to get Rich to help with the prisoners rules analysis also. That's right. And there was a miniatures game, Jeff. I used to play that you could move and then fire half or fire half and then move or just fire at full. I forget. It was one of the many skirmish miniature games. Oh, okay. So I have seen that concept done in other forms. Well, Pierre Charbonneau recommended The Fall, a UK drama. And when asked about his ASL, he replied, yeah, I have SK1 under my belt. I write the rules down from memory every day. That really solidifies them in my mind. I would uh, do it. Uh, play, he played retaking Vereville with a guy from Queens. War of the Rats is next and he's beginning and learning SK2 this week. As soon as he gets through tanks, he'll begin to transition to the full ASL. Ooh, another one. Yeah. Jeff, this is like, he found a new opponent in Rockaway Beach on the ASL players map and hope to connect soon. I assume he's doing that all from Vassal, but I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Pierre, we'd like to uh, hear a follow-up, see how you're doing. Mm -hmm. And I'll check out the fall, that UK drama. You have to. Uh, I got a letter here from Ruben who said, nicely done. I enjoyed the rules section on concealment, a good reinforcement for a newer player. I need to get back to catching up on listening to your older podcasts. Yeah, we've got 298 older ones, so you better get going, Ruben. Thanks, Ruben, because sometimes I'm not sure the way we do those, the rules things works. Well. Yeah, it does with the questions. It's okay. Yeah. Um, Etop chimed in and clarified that possum versus opossum is a real thing. Jeff was right. And I put the link on the webpage so you can all go read about it. And thanks, Nelson, for your generous support on Patreon. Yes, thank you. Uh, Alan Hume wrote us, as he usually does. We always like to hear from Alan in uh, Scotland. Hi, guys. Whoa, sorry to hear that your dental care was so expensive. I guess I'm lucky having the NHS, even if it was more to pay than I am used to. NHS National no, Health, Health Services Society? or something? Society, yeah. Nice. Uh, and he says, there certainly is a lot of new stuff to play for sure. I've got a personal interest in seeing the Broken Ground Pack published through, pub published though as a couple of my scenarios are in it. Oh, well, that's good. Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing those. Uh, as I say, the guys are still on holiday, so we won't be able to do any playtesting till they get back. I think he's talking about this, his buds, his local uh, yep. ASL buddies. Yeah. So thanks for writing, Alan. We always love hearing from yep. you. Yep. And we'll look forward to that pack also. And then Mark Laproto wrote us to let us know about the Military Miniature Magazine, which we 
It's not ASL. We don't want to promote too much non-ASL, but I'm going to put that link in there because I am a big miniature wargamer. So I'll put that out there. All you can check it out on your own. And finally, Jobo Fett wrote us and said, single man counters being used to block a hex can be valuable, not only to cut route paths, but also because a hero can be a deadly thing if given at least a LMG. Thanks for the strategic tip. Yeah, always like to hear those, Jobo Fett. Hmm, wonder if he's any relation to that other guy. I think it's actually pronounced Hyobo. Hyobo Fett. Hyobo Fett. Fit. So that's our uh, letters. Thanks everybody for writing. We love hearing from you. We love it. Indeed. All right. So we've got a drawing to do for our uh, the great contest where you all you had to do was write in and say Mickey plays ASL. And Dave is showing us right now the what the winner pad. would get: the mouse pad, some scenarios, and a mouse. And the mouse. He's in the envelope. And if we got it in this envelope, I'm going to just ship it out in this envelope. Thank you to our Patreon supporters paying for shipping for these fine, wonderful prizes and for broken ground design for the prize itself. So we've got uh, eight entries. Jason, Zeke, Richard, John, Anders, Nelson, Gordon, and Mark. Good luck, everybody. I've got an eight-sided die here. Rolling it thoroughly. This is going to go from the top down, one at the top, eight at the bottom. Yep. And the winner is number three. Richard, you are the winner. Congratulations, Richard. Congratulations, oh, Richard. What an honor. It is. What We're a, so glad that we, we made your day. An amazing thing. Yeah. Well, that's all the contests we have, right, Dave? Oh, heavens no, my There's friend. There's more? There's more. How can that be? We have the March Madness, very best of packs, volume one. We have 11 people. I believe Jeff has a 12-sided dice. Number 12 will be a re-roll. I do. I have it in my special. I'm getting out the special 12-sided dice for this in my official St. Francis oh. of Assisi dice bag. Oh, that is cool. All the way from Assisi, it zips? Italy. Yeah, it's got an official St. Francis zipper on it. Oh, man. I thought birds were going to come out of that. So very special. Here's the day. All right. And here we go. We've got 12. Oh, we've got 11 entries. Mm -hmm. So 12 if I roll a 12 is a re-roll. Oh. like to be thorough. And the winner is? I can't see. It's dark in there. Oh, number eight. Eight, John Bulla. Bullock. Bullocks. John's the winner. I think he won earlier this year, but we didn't specify you couldn't have been a winner That's on this right. one. That's right. So congratulations, John. And thanks everybody else for entering. Indeed. We've got a lot of contests coming up. You know, so keep in trying. Fact, Jeff, I think, you know, if people are feeling bad, why don't they just send us an email before? Or when are we publishing episode 300 if we make it that far? <laughs> That's we may on our calendar. 
and it says we're going to record that the 11th and we're going to post this by July 1st. So if you can send us a Gmail saying an email, email, um, feast on the east side uh, gamers, feast on the east. <laughs> We will send you Eastside Gamers Pack Design Pack 2. Sweet. Feast on the East. Send that Feast to us by. I'm not messing around on this one. I want it by Friday, July 8th, midnight. Wow. Midnight. Central time. Is there or is that U, uh, universal time? It's universal time. UTC. Is there a universal G, time? GM, well, UTC, GMT0. Zulu. Okay, midnight Zulu hour. Okay. Zulu times. And we will draw this contestant out on our number 300. Unless and if we you're late, if you're a little late, you still get in. Indeed. Because we're generous. Mm, not much though, because we're drawing it on the on that day. We're drawing it. Okay. Fantastic. Congratulations to our winners. And for everybody else, we're sorry you didn't win. Keep trying. What time is it, Dave? It's time for not box art review. We'll get to this little baby later on that. What's in the box? And so what's in the box? Why, it's Sword and Fire Manila, my friends. Whoa. Sword and Fire Manila, you are so lucky to have that aren't i though well not lucky you paid for it i'm sure i actually paid for it yes and in the box so you're actually going to open that we are yeah we have what wow, 10 minutes to fill out here that's maybe. exciting and have you looked through this i previewed a little bit, a little bit so okay. i got through some of the pages of the fascinating special rules but man jeff i have you looked at anyone else's preview on youtube of this puppy no i haven't i've been waiting because i wanted to see it yeah live here yeah all right and it's hard too because it keeps showing up in my feed you know and i just want to <laughs> avert my eyes here you go so map, map one and describe this also for our listeners who are this, not watching this is um yes the components yes yeah so we have jeff has map number one he's opening that up i have map number two and they are pretty big but we'll give you a taste of this and i have not looked at the maps closely at all whoops i ripped jeff. this one. Oh, oh that's okay no, i'm kidding Oh, you have the one with the fort. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You fort know, Santiago. I'm looking at I'm looking at the back of it and it still looks <laughs> impressive. <laughs> yeah, you have wow, Fort Santiago. You have the Philippine Theocratic Conservatory. You have Jones Bridge is blowed up. It's blowed up good because the Japanese, Jeff, were blowing up the bridges. There's the Pasig River. Yeah, now you can look at your own map. Wow, beautiful. Is that crazy? Absolutely crazy. I'm going to go back over here. And so uh, how many maps? Yeah. Oh, Dave's zooming out. 
Yeah, step back another uh, 20 feet or so. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Beautiful, very high quality paper, paper. Uh, whatever this is, plasticized paper, rubber, and it's, yeah, anyway. Gorgeous, gorgeous um, graphics on this. MMP did a great job. They could do this for a living. How many maps are in this set? They are Dave? worthy. They are worthy. Well, if you love maps, I can tell. Can you believe how many? Four. Can you believe it? Uh, that's amazing. Oh, I'm sorry. Am I a liar? There's more than four. Can you believe? Would you believe, Jeffrey? Five maps. Wow, five maps. That's more than I could have imagined. Would you believe? Six, six maps. maps in a canoe. Wow. I find that very hard to believe. It's six of these puppies. That is extraordinary. Now, you want to get a really good look at it, you got to go over to the competition, illuminate rounds in minute 18. They're not competition. Seconds. No, we're all in this together. Yes. Um, they laid them all out. So we didn't have Mike Rizzi to do that this time. <laughs> and I don't think we'll open. Well, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. Look, look at all this stuff. Beautiful. Uh, it's not islands there. Isla del Convalescencia. Now, I know Spanish. It's Island of the Convalescence. Very like good. People who can't walk and stuff like that. Yeah. San Jose Convalescent Hospital for you English speakers. Right there. Another blowed bridge. Um, yeah, look at this. Agricultural building. There's just, you know. I mean, can't walk y'all through this, especially you people listening to just the podcast. We'll get bored, but it it's insane. So to get so to give you the full the full look here, it's you know how they give you the miniature map, Jeff. Yes, even the miniature map is huge. <laughs> yes, yes. Now there's there's problems with this. How big is your game table? I don't you know. I would have to spread it out on the floor and then uh, kill the cat. So here you go. Now, what I'd recommend actually is to take all your counters and shrink them all down to one tenth size and then play on this. <laughs> map. So yeah. make Xerox copies of all your counters, shrink them all down small and just push them around this map. This will fit on your table. I could just hear the meeting. I could just imagine the meeting at MMP, whenever it was. Wow. And they come in, they say, Perry, I got an idea. I to do a Manila and we can do four maps. And Perry goes, no, no way. I want six maps. Perry, you're, you're six crazy. Maps. Six maps. Are you crazy? I don't care what it takes. I want six maps. If you have to get Peter Jackson in here to make the maps, do it. You're, you're nuts, Perry, you're nuts. You've lost your marbles. So I'd like to have listeners, if anyone's jumped into this already, I, and I don't even know if the historical games, if they require all the maps at once, but yeah, they may not. But, but let me know what you're doing with it. Let us know. Um, and scenarios, you may remember me complaining about four scenario cards in Conf Group Piper 2. Yes. Well, they're trying to make up for that. And they're starting to please me. Six scenarios. 25. Whoa. Change in government. 25. Race to the river. One. First do no harm. 
Number nine, David Roth. Do we need to interview you, sir? I think we do. Can you contact us if you'll be on the show? Yeah. Talk about this product. I'm sure Dave and... Roth came in and he said, Perry, I'm going to do it. Got, got all this. I'm going to do 15 scenarios. Perry's like, 15? <laughs> <laughs> we need 25. <laughs> You're nuts. 25? They won't fit in the box. Yeah. Although, you know, my problem still with these boxes are, you don't need them this fat. I know that they get, and, and you know, I'm kind of a heavy guy myself, but I'm telling you, yeah. <laughs> look at this. You know, it is a big I don't box. have room on the shelf, Jeff. I am tempted to actually destroy my boxes. Yeah. Can you imagine? It's finally come to that. After 300 episodes almost, it's come to that. I'm going to have to destroy all my boxes to fit them, everything in my room. I think you should. <clears throat> you don't. I think they get, you know, a set size of, man, it's a manufacturing thing. You need but. to go to Ikea. <laughs> Ikea, it's, it's one of they the have different boxes. Well, no, for big, for more bookshelves and bigger spaces for storing stuff. It's, and it's a huge part of their business. We have these counter sheets. counter sheets. So I have number one. This is your Americans. You're going to get your salt engineers also onto these. It's a common idea. We've seen it before with other publishing companies where they add the demolition charge onto the elites and the smoke exponent numbers raised up. So these, yeah. these 747s have a smoke exponent of five right on the counter. So it's already built in to be assault engineers. DCs, leaders, historical names, probably, I don't know, some more DM counters, kind of standard thing here. Uh, I don't know if you need all this now. You know, if you restarted with just the second editions or third editions of all these games, would you have enough American counters without this to play a campaign game of this size? I don't know. Um, and the Japanese also, the 448s are the assault engineers. They have the demolition charge on the counter and the smoke exponents of four. Indeed. Oh, it's a nice turn counter with a red edge on it. Ooh, I'm, I'm liking that. Oh. Yeah. American, a little different look to that counter. I've got the sheet of... Uh... AFVs, and I, it's the first I've looked at it, so I have no idea what's different about it or if there's anything particularly yeah, special about those. I didn't look either. Other but... than the, the, the uh, graphics is very, very good on it. Now, there is uh, there are also a bunch of um, first fire counters and now look at final those fire closely. counters. Now, those are nice because some of them have designations for like um, Bow machine gun. So if you're a bow machine gun's first fire, you put that on there. If the bow machine gun or coax, and they, they've got one for main armament and all of that for, uh, so it helps you keep track. Yeah, your camera comes in a better uh, focus. Now we have seen counters like that from Bounding Fire Productions, Jeff. Bounding Fire Productions happens to be a sponsor of this show. And Maker. we are so happy to have them maker of wonderful asl products including those counters like that i know there was a set in blood and jungle and um so they're really need to have those kinds of things we should all get out there and get blood and jungle you get a ton of scenarios yeah 
Yeah, very good value. Lots of uh, Bounding Fire. Stuff. Go to boundingfire.com. They are great, uh, fast ship, great products, and uh, interesting stuff. Oh, and you had, uh, can I see that counter sheet too then? Yes. It's just got the um, possession counters, right? For who owns the location. Right. Drawing your perimeters in your campaign game. It's a little set of British three-inch mortar alternatives. Oh, they Jeff, they wrote on a corner for us. Who didn't preview some British mortar oh, alternatives, okay. but I don't still know what that means. And there's Forgotten War Errata in here. These three rows are Forgotten War Errata. Oh, okay. So now I'll have to bust these out and switch them out with my, I guess, counters that were wrong. I haven't even figured that out yet. Although I am playing Forgotten War with Dave Timonen. We are, you can see on our Twitter pictures of that and one of the other last episodes and what's that other counter sheet i think that's uh, this is one. number four and uh well what's interesting on this one is the debris why do people get excited about this i don't know but i do <laughs> the debris counters and the bomb crater counters are very very nice let's Pull see back a little bit more focus uh, it a little more it's not focusing up tight anymore but, oh, you're right. So the debris counters are have more realistic debris. Makes you want to get out your broom. It's true. And we've never had bomb crater counters. No, that's new. Level negative one third. Half, is that what's one that? half or four fifths? Negative no, half. One half. Yeah. Okay. Four fifths. Four fifths. Yes. Is, that's the, that's how we could add more complexity. Whoever to wrote the game. that letter was uh yeah. And rubble counters and uh, all that stuff. Some nice pillboxes yeah, there. Bulldozers. Japanese counters. Ack, different color ack. With uh, some interesting. Big AA guns. Yeah, their guns. The gun graphics are really nice on this. I know they can go on roofs too a lot, the AA guns. It was commonly done in the battle. There's also a, another version of the map that's small on your card, scenario aid card. This side has the map all for Wait, is that the whole thing? I don't, yeah. Yeah, I is. think so. Wow. Wow. Again, it's just mind blowing. And a sword and fire scenario aid card. You can mark your tank hunter heroes remaining, your weather. You know, I think you're all familiar with that. Contacts for your batteries and access and all that. A both a American. And Japanese force organizers for the campaign games. Yep, two-sided each. And then you got over there, Jeff, the campaign game roster. Oh, that's where you write down what you're buying? There's dirt under my fingernails. I just noticed <laughs> on the camera. How did they let me go on the air like this? It's like having your Make zipper. Up. Like having your Make zipper up. down. Here's yet another miniature view of the map. Oh well, why do we have so many? I, I actually. Oh, that like, one's a drawn. You can draw. I'll on bet. It? Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe, maybe mark your hidden stuff. At oh, least, okay. Because that's a black and white. Yeah. Version of that. So probably uh, you can probably make copies of that. And the uh, Dave's favorite thing: the blue sheet of paper. Blue sheet of paper. Excellent. Magnificent. And that's that's what's in the box. 
Hey, y'all, let's just stay for a few moments. Wanting to add oh, five minutes onto the show. Don't want it to be over an hour, though. We're trying to really avoid that. So taking a look at the Sword and Fire. You like my background if you're on YouTube. It's my little friend, the gnome, who I guess I actually repaint him every few years. And uh, let me garden out that way. Uh, but looking at uh, some of the rules for it from page one, the wind and weather, the, what's different is the weather becomes overcast when the wind increases in Sword and Fire, Manila. And this Pasig River, Manila Bay and Esteros are all considered to be deep. River hatches with a slow current and they do not affect setup. The tide is high in daytime scenarios and low in nighttime scenarios. And I love to read the notes. So that one requires us to look at note number one. It says, water obstacles and tides. The Pasig is a tidal river, and as such, it rises and falls with the tides, as does the level within the Asteros meandering through Manila. Any river assault will be greatly affected by the level of the water, which can change as much as uh, one and a half to two meters with the tide. Boat crossings with the Asteros are not greatly affected unless the crossing takes place within 250 meters of the river. And the sewer movement is allowed by Japanese in this. It's pass a one pass check, only if the leader passes a one pass check. And then only the hexes with the black circle have a manhole, not the intersections as in a lot of the other games, probably most of the other games. And they can move as six hexes with this, not just the three, which I like a lot better. Green, I never liked that that much, but um, a unit entrenched in a manhole location may not enter the Texas sewer location, okay, since they can only enter at the start of the movement phase. Um, fortifications in Sword and Fire, um, hidden mines, entrenchments may set up in a paved road ramp or citywide boulevard or railroad hex that also contains shell holes. That's pretty standard. The shell holes have blown up the terrain. So that's now a lot of dirt in there and you can put stuff in there better and trenches may set up in a paved road adjacent to a cellar and Japanese fortifications in open ground hexes may not set up hidden initial placement and that gets us to all special uh, footnotes two and three Japanese made use of multiple tunnels throughout Manila and this goes with the sewer rule. Uh, especially the areas near Intramuros and the government buildings. To avoid excessive record keeping regarding the locations of tunnels, we decided to allow the Japanese to use sewer movement to represent their underground movements. And the Japanese also dug several tunnels beneath Intramuros walls and cut firing slits in the bricks at the ground level to shoot at units passing by. But during play testing, we determined it's too great an advantage for the Japanese player to have intramural wall tunnels available. So there you go. And the fortifications rule is because between total airspace control over Manila and help from the Filipino informants, the Americans could know where all the Japanese fortifications are in advance of an attack. The trenches rule of lengthy and I thought it read pretty much like a lot of the standard trench rules or may have been something different I didn't catch. Uh, cellars and tunnels other than an actual 
SF seller hacks and AFV will not fall through the floor into the seller of, and then fortified building locations cannot be exchanged for tunnels. Um, a rubble location is treated as a building for route and rally and it's a rule we've seen before. I like that one, um, always. Rubble locations that contain original artwork but not printed rubble are still considered um, building locations for victory control purposes. So even if you rubble it. And then guns and boar sighting, it's not applicable for Americans. They're the attacker usually. The mortars with a M number greater than equal to 10 and all AA guns may set up on a rooftop location, as I mentioned earlier. And once set up, they may not move unless DM. Japanese guns that are small targets may set up in a non-rooftop upper level building locations, even if they're not fortified. So normally you have to fortify level below and then to put the gun up and not required here. So in the note, there's a footnote on that, which explains that the Japanese had over two weeks to plan their defense. They occupied Manila for three years. They knew the best locations to set up guns and most likely avenues of approach. They also made extensive use of guns in the upper levels of buildings and both sides placed mortars and AA guns on rooftops, providing them with long fields of fire. Okay. Um, now the assault engineers and commandos following multi-man counter are elite assault engineers, American 747s and their 337 half squads and the Japanese 448s and their half squads. Medium man count, multi-man counters with a um, DC symbol have been provided and it the, means they're already upgraded. We've seen that in other games. So the smoke ability is upgraded. And I think Jeff and I talked about that. We looked at the components. Uh, the American first line may use the flamethrowers and the DCs as if they were the elite. That expands your options there. The Americans, interestingly, rule SF-13 hand-to-hand CC. Whenever uh, the Americans ambushes, they can call the hand-to-hand. And then the Japanese DC close combat. Now a non-melee, unbroken, unpinned Japanese infantry unit with a DC can, in a close combat phase, may declare a DC attack instead of making your close combat attack. So immediately after all American ambushers, if there's any, resolve the attacks. So the American, if he gets the ambush, he goes, then the Japanese call this DC close combat. By doing so, the Japanese unit and DC are immediately eliminated. And then all the melee units and enemy personnel, blah, blah, in the location undergo a placed DC attack before any further close combat then is declared. The demolition charge IFT diral is completely resolved first, after which then the close combat phase. So American, if they ambush, then the DC thing, then the rest of it. Um, prisoners don't count double, and an AT set AT is not applicable. You can't do that in these games. And then that would get us into the terrain time. Rain time of these really interesting buildings and things. So I'll do a deep dive into those probably in episode after 300. If we keep going after 300, 
that's a long ways, but most likely you'll get some kind of a show. And back to Jeff and I for the sign off. Oh, that's a box. That's a box full of stuff. It is good stuff, man. A lot in a box. Yeah, I'll be int really interested to hear and see what uh, players are doing with all those maps. I gotta know. Yeah. So excellent. Well, I think that wraps up this show, Dave. That will. Uh huh. Two ninety nine. Won't fit in the box. There's too much stuff in the box, so we'll have to put it up on the internet. We will. So uh, thanks everybody for listening. Thanks to Bounding Fire Productions again for being our sponsor. Thanks everybody that wrote in. And uh, don't forget to join, to write in about that contest. And you'll, we'll hear more about Dave's Tooth in the future. You will. Stay tuned. Bye-bye everybody. Bye Remember everybody. to roll low. And rally well. But, but not, not when, when you're, you're playing, playing us. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Thank you.